We left off last week with every Decepticon in the toy box descending upon the Autobots, who were still trapped on the ridiculous but accurately named Planet of Goo. Despite the countless animation errors here, the advancing army includes, among other things, some Autobots and a few Decepticons that we saw die or get rebuilt in the movie. This scene is one of the reasons I love this five-parter so very much. I don't think I can recall a single time in seasons one or two where an enormous mass of bad guys swarms on the good guys like this. Of course, nothing comes of it. I mean, last week's gruesome sweeps death notwithstanding, the show still really can't kill anyone off. But the hint of mass carnage is still pretty damn cool, even if they can't follow through with it. And so, the Quintesson-backed army is halted just shy of wiping out their enemies by... their own leader. Galvatron is understandably pissed about his guys doing stuff like this without him. It'd be like finding out your dad went to Disneyland without you. But he seriously couldn't just let them wipe out the dozen or so Autobots before going nuts on them? Oh, right. We're back on TV. I just said that. Never mind. So the Decepticons return to the corkscrew ship, giving the Autobots a few moments to breathe. They eventually work out that Goo is run by the Junkions, which makes a certain kind of sense. Rodimus calls for help and provides yet another example of why I kinda like him. Redgar, we need personalized service with friendly, convenient payment terms. Let's all be there. The guy talks TV. This is both cooler and more useful than you-know-who ever was. Meanwhile, Marissa Fairborn rockets to the rescue of Blur and Wheelie on Io. Blur makes it out of the swarm of winged monsters all right, but Wheelie's still in trouble. And the robots teach the human to be more human, as he refuses to leave without his friend. I kind of like that Fairborn is a cold-hearted bitch, who's more about the mission than saving the life of one of the most annoying Autobots on the team, but it's still kind of a nice moment. Sort of vaguely ironic in a sort of Star Trek kind of way. Oh, and the bat monster things are Transformers as well. They turn into little bombs. Which is cool and all, but from an evolutionary standpoint... Alright, you know what? I'm overthinking this. Never mind. Anyway, the little bomb guys blow up Fairborn's ship, stranding all three of them on Io. Meanwhile, Galvatron does what he does best. He engages in a batshit rant about usurpers. The Quintessons manage to trick him into cooperating, though, with promises of a Decepticon matrix of leadership. You know, you'd think the guy who used to be Megatron, the only real leader of the Decepticons for the last nine million years or so, would know about a Decepticon Matrix if one existed. But then you'd think Optimus Prime might have mentioned the Autobot Matrix just once in 65 episodes before he died and passed it on. Galvatron is skeptical, but decides to cooperate anyway. He heads back down to Goo to finish off the Autobots, but the Junkions intervene. I'm sure I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. I like the Junkions. Guys made of junk whose entire society is based around our junk culture is a cool idea. They even managed to bring Springer back to life. Somehow. Rodimus is happy enough to have him back, though he's a bit distracted. He's wondering about that weird little head trip thing he had back in episode 2. So he decides to deliberately short-circuit himself and travel inside the Matrix of Leadership for some answers. What follows is one of my favorite sequences in the entire series. The complete backstory of the Transformer race is laid out for us. They were created by the Quintessons as lifeless products to be sold. The Autobots were designated consumer goods, so probably maids and sex bots, I'm guessing, and the Decepticons were sold as military hardware. Eventually they developed sentience and rebelled against their creators. This is a plot we've seen before, but now the Terminators or the computers that make up the Matrix or whatever are the good guys instead of the bad guys. So the Decepticons and Autobots live together in peace for a while after driving away the Quintessons, but since the Decepticons are programmed for blowing stuff up, they just can't help themselves and wars start. And continue. And that basically brings us to the present. This is a backstory that pretty much every Transformers fan in the world seems to hate except for me. I absolutely love it. It explains how a race of self-aware machines could come into existence without expecting us to believe that they just evolved that way. And it explains that there's a core distinction between the Autobots and Decepticons because they were built that way, not because one side is evil. But for some reason, everyone else would rather embrace the backstory of the comics and later cartoon series, in which Unicron is some kind of dark god, 
the counterpart to which created all the Transformers and intends to use them in some kind of holy war against its sworn enemy. Because one thing a robot show needs is more... mysticism? Huh? Also, I like that we see a practical use of the Matrix of Leadership beyond it being a mysterious, all-powerful device that solves a seemingly insurmountable problem at the last minute. As the repository of Autobot wisdom, it makes total sense that a leader could consult with the dead elders and seek their counsel. I wasn't crazy about the Matrix in the movie, but this is kind of cool to me. Which means that everyone else probably hates that, too. Oh, and during the history lesson, we see the Constructicons building Megatron, which drives the continuity nuts insane since it contradicts both of the already conflicting origin stories for those guys. And so I kind of approve of that as well, on those grounds alone. And so, with a renewed sense of purpose, Rodimus now understands that the Quintessons mean to reclaim Cybertron from their ungrateful children, and rallies the forces to return home for the inevitable assault. And it turns out that he's right. Only the Quintessons plan a two-front assault with their new allies, simultaneously on Earth and Cybertron. So on Earth, the Constructicons put the finishing touches on Trypticon, an entire city that turns into a big fucking dinosaur. Now, I think my opinion of Animal Transformers is fairly well documented, but Trypticon slips in under the same exception that Laserbeak does. He's alright in my book. And the assault on Cybertron begins as well, giving us effectively the same cliffhanger we began with. Though I can assure you we don't get cheated out of this one. Part 5's just one big fucking battle, as you'll see next week. Attack! Attack!